You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. You're listening to The Ensemblist, the only podcast that shows you Broadway from the inside out. Welcome, I'm Mo Brady. First national tours are one of the most important calling cards for the Broadway community. Staged in New York City to cross the country, these facsimiles of Broadway shows bring the experience of attending a mainstem musical to theater lovers across the country. But how are these touring productions similar to their Broadway counterparts? And what's the experience like for performers who pick up their lives to travel the country in one of their casts? Sabrina Imamura opened the first national tour of Hamilton in early 2017. Performing in the show's ensemble took her along the West Coast for about a year and a half before Broadway called, where she's been in the show's main stem ensemble on and off since mid-2018. I asked her into the studio to tell me about performing in two different productions of the same show and how they differed and were similar both on stage and off. Here's our conversation. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi. Hi. Will you introduce yourself and tell us what neighborhood of New York City you live in? I'm Sabrina Imamura, and I live on the Upper East Side. Okay, so take us back through Hamilton. You joined the first national tour, which started in San Francisco? It did. It started in San Francisco. We were basically in California the entire year. We were kind of a different type of tour, I guess you could say, because we had very long sit-downs. So we were in San Francisco for about five months, and then we moved to L.A. for about five months. And then we were in San Diego for about a month, which is essentially a year. And then the sit-downs got a little bit shorter, but still a month or like five weeks, so... And then did you go straight from the touring production to joining the Broadway production? I did not. I had a cute little six-month break. I had mentioned to Steph Clemens, the associate choreographer, that if anything opened up on Broadway, I would be definitely interested if she thought I would be a right fit for the cast. So it just kind of panned out after six months that um, Woman One, which was my original track on tour, was taking a leave of absence on Broadway for a couple months. So they wanted me to cover the track. So that's how I made my Broadway debut. And you made your debut in that track, you left, then you came back in another track? Yes, I did. I had a two-month break after the first time I was on Broadway, which is just basically a long vacation. And then they asked me to come back and cover another leave of absence for Woman 4. Are these two shows different from each other? Is the tour different from the Broadway production? The show itself is exactly the same. 
all of the roles are the same, the same blocking, the same movement. Maybe when we were learning on tour, they may have changed a couple of entrances and exits just because they were like, well, why did we make it this way? We should have switched it because this is the more logical way. But it was because the show was obviously already frozen on Broadway, so they hadn't made that change. I think the only difference between the tour production and Broadway is that some of our ensemble like men and women were kind of flip-flopped. So for example, on Broadway, man one is Charles Lee. But on our tour, our man three was Charles Lee. And so they like kind of flip-flopped certain in certain numbers. Even our man four was George Eager, but man three on Broadway is George Eager. So like that was kind of the only difference, but I didn't really know that until I went to Broadway. Everything is the same. Movement is the same. The entire show is pretty much like down pat, like everything exactly the same but sometimes they just like to switch around those features I believe the only difference for the women was that our woman four played Sally in what did I miss Mm -hmm. and woman three does that on Broadway are the theaters different yes that was actually an adjustment coming to Broadway for me the theaters on tour are ginormous they are huge it's a huge house it's almost I think every theater we were in was almost double of what it is at the Richard Rogers (laughs) which is awesome but backstage we also had a huge crossover pretty much everywhere we were which was great what's a crossover crossover is if you're not making a cross on stage from stage left to stage right you can go behind the set basically and go to whichever side you need to to make your next entrance essentially it was huge. Actually, some of the theaters were like kind of mazes. LA was kind of a maze when we first got there trying to figure out where our dressing room was, like which floor it was located on. And Denver was another one where you kind of had to figure out and weave through where to find the wig room when you first got there because it's all in a different place and it's all new. Does it change your performance when you know that you're performing for 1,500 people versus 3,000 people? Yes, yes and no. Um, I found that on Broadway, it's a more intimate setting. So I felt like closer to the audience and like it was a closer connect. But it was a little bit harder when we first got into our theater in San Francisco, just because it was so big to still try and make those connections with the audience while also playing to what the artistic team wanted from us focus wise, because there's so many specific parts in the show where we're directing our focus to certain places, to the audience, to each other, or as ensemblists trying to direct the focus of the audience to the important thing that's happening on stage. So that was kind of a battle when we first started but once we started like adjusting to getting notes and figuring out ways to get our focus to where it needed to be then it was like easy peasy every time we like would switch to a new theater and it was still like that big audience what does that mean does that mean bigger movements when you're trying to direct focus you would think so but it's actually just about keeping the movement i guess tighter with purpose hmm. so trying to tell the story with the movement while not getting too out of hand because you think that people can't see you because everyone can see you it's a pretty the stage is pretty barren so everyone can see you so we would we would get notes on that sometimes that was one of the notes that we got when we first started performing in the big theaters was that just because it's a big theater doesn't mean that the movement needs to be bigger you need to give your intention if your intention is correct then it's going to come across to the entire audience no matter how far away they are. Yeah. 
Was Hamilton your first national tour? It was. First tour, first show, first step into musicals. Um, I was a ballet dancer, so... You rehearsed it here in the city? Yes. Okay, so the full company rehearses here. We rehearsed for six weeks, and then we flew out to San Francisco. You get on a plane, and you go move to your new Mm -hmm. contemporary home. Yep. Uh, Where did you live when you were in San Francisco? I lived in the financial district, which I found out was a very odd place to live, and I realized it when I was living there, but it was really conveniently close to the theater. It was a quick, like, 25-minute walk, maybe, and then they also had the Muni, which is their version of public transportation, which was, like, two stops away from my apartment to the theater door-to-door, so. Because you're on a tour. People think about tours. You're getting on the plane or the bus every week, and that's not the case, especially at the beginning of this tour it's sort of this hybrid between a sit down and yeah it was actually really nice having those long sit downs I think I would have been very stressed out if it was every two weeks that we were moving because travel just stresses me out and like packing and making sure I don't leave anything or taking everything that I do need so having those long sit downs was really really nice how do you make a home for yourself in a city that you know you're leaving very quickly I did do a lot of Airbnbs and I did the Trulia in San Francisco and all of them were furnished, but I would buy like little home accents here or there, get, you know, candles. (laughs) The home aspect kind of came with being so close to the cast because they were kind of like my second family on tour. We essentially didn't really have the ability to leave for like those big holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I, that was the first... Christmas and Thanksgiving I hadn't spent with my family in 26 years. Um, So that was kind of hard for me. But being so close with my cast was a big helpful factor in feeling at home because we had created this show in the rehearsal space together. So we all became close in that way. And we all just vibed really well with each other. So being able to live with a cast member and then see them every day and like get to work and play with them on stage every day just kind of made it a lot easier to not miss home as much how much of the cities do you get to see it's kind of I mean I tried to see a lot of the cities that I was in and tried to experience every place that I went to because you know when am I going to be there again but it's kind of up to each individual to do what they want to do and explore as much as they want to explore I try to do a lot of food things because I'm a foodie and my sister is actually really good at staying in the know about oh this is the hottest restaurant in LA or like in San Francisco I read an article on HuffPost you should go here and I mean in San Francisco we did trips to Sonoma to Napa and like everybody was going to Sausalito so we did a lot of stuff in LA obviously did Disneyland I am a big beach person so I would go to the beach when I could um in some of the other cities like in Denver we road tripped in the mountains to go to a hot spring we also road tripped to like Colorado Springs and just rented out a big Airbnb for one night and got a group of like 10 of us to go and just kind of cooked and hung out and it We did a lot of things together, and we saw a lot of the city together, just like on our own, so. Do you have a favorite city? (laughs) I have a couple, actually. Uh, L.A., I just love L.A. in general. My dad grew up there, so I've been there many, many times, but it was nice to actually live there and kind of get a lay of the land, and but I also really, really liked Denver and Tempe, Arizona. Um, Denver was just like, surprisingly, I'm not a cold weather person, but it was cool there. 
but surprisingly not that cold. It was maybe like 60, 65, but like always sunny. So it was nice. And I think it snowed maybe twice the entire time we were there, but it was cleared up by the next day. And it was just a really, really cute city. And Tempe, Arizona was just really warm for one thing. So that was nice. But it was also on the ASU campus. So I think that's kind of like the only place that Well, for me, because I have turned into such a grandma, so I, like, would never go out after a show. (laughs) Our cast, we kind of, like, had a spot that we would go to on the campus and just, like, go out and grab, like, a drink and some food afterwards. So you didn't travel as much as, like, every two weeks or something. But when Mm -hmm. you do travel, what happens on a travel day? Travel days are not as stressful as I would have thought they were. Living with someone, I think the hardest part about traveling is getting all of your luggage together by yourself and like lugging it down like in the elevator, trying to get it in an Uber to get to the meetup point, which was either an airport if we were taking a flight or a bus spot. Usually it was like at a hotel maybe that we would meet up. But like living with a roommate made it a lot easier and sometimes like some of us were living in the same building. So we would just coordinate with each other to get all of our luggage together and just take a big Uber XL to get to the location that we needed to get to. So it was not too stressful. I think the only stressful part about it is that we travel on our day off and we only get one day off a week. So that was something that I had to personally learn how to manage to not super tired after traveling because I don't know. I feel like just regardless of whether you're traveling for a couple hours or like a six-hour flight, you're just going to be tired anyways because you've been lugging luggage everywhere. Um, I think that was the only hard part about travel days was it being on our day off. So you're all traveling together on flights or buses that are organized by the company? Yes. That Monday night, you get to your Airbnb or your hotel, you unpack, you crash. Mm Mm-hmm. What time do you have to be at the theater the next day and what do you have to do between walking in the building and performing a show in a new space that you've never been to before? Surprisingly, we were were never called to the theater that early. It changed from city to city like what time the show actually started on that Tuesday after a travel day. But I feel like if it was maybe a 7 p.m. show or a 7.30 show, we were maybe called in at 5 or 5.30 um, because we would want to do, they would want to do a sound check with us to make sure that all of our mics are working, that they have all the levels adjusted for the right volume and matching with the acoustics in each theater. Um, And sometimes they would go over some light lighting cues because sometimes the light placements up above are just a tad different from theater to theater. So sometimes the spacing changes like very, very slightly, like if there's a spot or anything. But that was kind of the only thing that we were all required to do every time we came into a new theater after a travel day. And then maybe they would do like a quick walkthrough of where everything is if it was all pretty much in one place if there was more of a maze to go through like when we got to LA they just put up a bunch of directional signs of like ensemble dressing room is here keep going keep going take a left now take a right (laughs) what was your favorite thing about being on tour the most fun part for me was just being so close with my cast because we were we were all really really tight-knit Sometimes, like, you hear horror stories about tours or, like, being, like, in a small company, like, even with, like, contemporary ballet companies and people being on tour and, like, hearing horror stories of, like, people not getting along. I would always tell people, people, I would always tell people, (laughs) 
you could easily put me in a room with any single person from my cast for like three hours and we could easily talk for the entirety of that time like no problem no awkwardness like whatsoever is that different than when you're on broadway it's slightly different i mean i'm close with the people on broadway as well it's just a different it's just a different type of family just because um coming in an outsider is probably not like the right word to say but coming in to a cast where you haven't created the show together in a workspace for six weeks is different because everybody's already got their groove and like they do what they need to do. I kind of, I was very nervous because sometimes when I'm overwhelmed with like too many new people, I'm like, oh my God, I just don't want to ruin anybody's show or I want it to be the same for everybody. So I'm not, you know, deterring from what the other cast member that I'm covering for does. It's like on, on tour, because we were the only ones that knew each other in each city that not forced our hand to like hang out with each other. Like we genuinely enjoyed hanging out with each other, but we, we were just the only people that we knew. So we would always hang out with each other. And because we were so close, like we love doing that. So on Broadway, cause everybody lives here and everybody's so talented. They're just doing so many different things on top of doing the show. So we would hang out sometimes outside of the show, but it was harder to, do that just because everybody like during the day would be working on a different show or like doing a workshop choreographing new things or going in for a bunch of different auditions so it's just a different type of dynamic of the relationship that I had on Broadway than what I had on tour all great people all around one last question imagine somebody listening to the podcast is about to go out on tour What's one piece of advice you would want someone to know before they picked up their life and joined a touring show? Kind of just like go with the flow and like listen to your body, like do what you need to do because I that was another thing that I felt like I never wanted to call out because I was injured or something because I was like, I need to do the show. I want to do the show. But now that I'm a little bit older and I've been doing the show for a couple years now, definitely listen to your body as well as going with the flow. Special thanks to Sabrina Imamura for sharing her stories with us this week. The Ensemblist was produced today by me, Mo Brady. This just in, we have two new ways to support The Ensemblist just in time for the holidays. First, we've created a line of limited edition t-shirts in conjunction with Built for the Stage. With the words Triple Threat emblazoned on the front, they're perfect for rehearsal or the gym or really anywhere you wear clothes. Also, we've joined the world of Patreon, where you can support the work we do here at The Ensemblist for as little as $5 a month. Check us out there at patreon.com slash The Ensemblist. The Ensemblist is proud to be part of Broadway Podcast Network. If you can't get enough of theater conversations directed into your earbuds from us, there are more than 30 other great theater podcasts there to listen to. Check all of them out at bpn.fm. You can help others find out about The Ensemblist by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can also download episodes wherever you get your podcasts or at theensemblist.com. And follow us on Instagram to see the latest posts from our website, where we share the stories of talented artists working in theater ensembles. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.